This paid program may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Network. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Network does not take responsibility for those statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on this stunningly lovely Sunday morning here in Washington. It looks like it's Sunday night. It looks like being in Iceland at 2 in the morning. Uh, Before we get started with the show, I just wanted to... Congratulate Neighborhood Restaurant Group for Snallygaster. Oh my God, it was which amazing. Is the only good thing to happen on Pennsylvania Avenue since November of 2016. <laughs> it was an amazing event. Thousands of people, best beers in the country, great food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was a great event. It was a smash. So, mm-hmm. way to go to you guys. Congratulations. So, today we're going to take you. Everybody, uh, I think, knows now that the, the, the new wharf in D.C. is the is, is newest and bestest attraction in town. Uh, we're going to take you there. Well, actually, it's... if I can cut in for just oh, a minute. Oh, please. You always do. Thank you. Um, so, the wharf actually opened about a year ago right now. I think it's the one-year anniversary, right? It like is. today? Yeah. So uh, it's kind of exciting because it opened to phases, and we're really fortunate today because we brought in uh, several residents of the wharf who are part of its fabulosity, um, and each of them are part of a sort you of a different You broke in phase. to say fabulosity? Yes. And a word is that? It's anyway. a good word. Okay. I love that word. I'm sure you <laughs> All do. All right. So go ahead. You have something to do. Just I'm go done do now. It. No. All right. So... <laughs> Okay, um, so uh, Jamie Leeds, who is the chef owner of Jamie Leeds, uh, what is it, Jamie Leeds Restaurant Group, uh, yeah. opened her her another Hanks, another iteration of Hanks there. down there uh, in the first phase, and uh, she's in, she's going to tell us about what that was like because I'm mm-hmm. sure that was fun. She's got a great restaurant down there on the mm-hmm. wharf. Also in whoa, you surprised me, Kevin. Uh, look, look, Nick, look at you when. Uh, Handsome Nick Stefanelli opened up his trendy masseria near Union Market. He hit the ball over the fence. Mm-hmm. Patrons loved it. Critics loved it. The Rammies loved it. And Michelin loved it and gave him a star, which is not too shabby. Ding, ding, ding. But now he's opening Officina, which is a restaurant. Wait, it, is that how you say it? Yeah. In Italian. I know, but how are we supposed to really say it? Officina? Or like Nikki's way, Officina. Yeah, I can't. I just, yeah. my pronunciation just is not. <laughs> but it's it a three be. story, uh, uh, all Italian, all the time place. It's got a cafe, it's got a trattoria, a market, and okay. a rooftop that overlooks the Potomac. Uh, we know it's great to have great neighbors. So Nick's neighbor there is uh, uh, Traffic cro- Traffic. Traffic. He stops Croxon's, traffic. Traffic stopping <laughs> Travis Croxon. Uh, his Rappahannock Oyster Bar, another one. He's bi-coastal. He's got him in L.A. He's got a Union Market. He's at the Wharf. Virginia. And in Virginia, he's everywhere. He owns Rappahannock County, I guess, right? Pretty much, Travis? He's working on it. He's working on it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Go with me on this. It's Rappahannock Oysters. You want to mess me up now? <laughs> and he's brought in uh, J.P. Sabatier, who is his uh, GM down at the Wharf. They're opening uh, sh- the end of October, right? Ish? Yes. yes. Okay. Ish. Okay, Todd and Rasher. of course, 
I mean, th- th- this show would never be great without all the great drinks. We've got the world's greatest mixologist, Todd Thrasher, in here. You remember him from when he started off with Okay, Tahal. dude, you got to get in front of the mic. You can try talking Armstrong, from over there, but we'll never And he hear is you. opening Potomac Distilling Company. David, it's on my mic. Don't you know that? <laughs> yeah. Well, for the record, for the record, I mean, you haven't shown up. He was our spirited advisor on our other show, I'm still the spirited Industry advisor. I've been, I've been busy. I've been so doing we, pop-ups on Nobody Monday cares. You're okay. about your excuses. Okay. Anyways, so he's opening Potomac Distilling Company down at the Waterfront of Distillery, but he's also going to have a tiki bar there. He's got a lot coming on. So we'll see. I'm sure Trader Vic is spinning in his grave. Well, do you want to start with him? We don't have. So we don't. Wait, wait, wait. We don't have Mitch Berliner calling in today from Central Farm Markets because Bethesda Central Farm Markets is closed for one day only because there's an arts festival going on at Bethesda. I thought it was because it was Rosh Hashanah, but that's gone. (laughs) They're open all the time. (laughs) So just today they are not open. Okay. Hey, Todd. All right. So. Todd. So you said Trader Vic. So um, today I, I made a cocktail that's right out of Trader Vic's book. Mm-hmm. So uh, at Tiki TNT, we're going to do my cocktails and Michael Sacconi cocktails, kind of take on original Tiki style cocktails. And then we're going to do a section on the menu that is classic Tiki. So this is uh, the first one. Um, it's called the Port Light. It is bourbon. I used um, a Republic Restorative's Borough bourbon for this. Mm-hmm. Um, passion fruit juice. Lemon juice, and because Nick Stefanelli wanted a Ramos gin fizz, I put egg white in it also. For oh my him. goodness! So okay, so boy, Nick Stefanelli is all party all the time. All man. party all the time. <laughs> so wait, but for those who don't know about this huge endeavor that you've taken on, can you give us a little four one one about what you're going to be opening up on the wharf? Yeah, so um, uh, the basement level is going to be a distillery called Potomac Distilling Company, and we're going to make rum at first. We're going to make four rums. We're going to do White rum, that's right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do gold rum. We're going to do traditional spice rum, as we would know, like Sailor Jerry or Captain Morgan. And then I have a, a new rum that I'm going to do for people that love um, drinking rum and tonics like I do. So I'm calling it the green spice rum. Okay. I have a garden on the top where we have uh, lemon verbena, mint, lemongrass, and lemon balm growing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take all that stuff from the roof, and we're going to put it in the gin basket, and we're going to make rum like they make gin, where they put so all like the botanicals, botanicals in it, but we're still going to uh, do a molasses-based rum, but it's going to be mostly for mixing with uh, rum and tonics. How big is your production going to be so for we have, each um, of these We have a 200-gallon still. We have mm-hmm. four 200-gallon fermenters. My goal is to produce uh, five days a week, make rum five days a week, then on the weekends, if people want to come in and people just hang out. People suck it down drink. on the weekends and start right. all over again. But yeah. you are bottling, right? We're bottling. We're doing everything, yeah. So are you going to sell it? I'm going to sell it. going to drink Just it. Just out of your property? I'm or trying you to become to Tato, you know, like Tito Tato. I'm yes. going to be the Tito of rum. It's my goal. Why are you guys laughing at that? That's not funny. <laughs> funny. By the way, Todd, I- I'm the comedian here, not you. <laughs> I'm not here. Just stay to the yeah. straight and narrow. Okay. All right. So All right, well, this well, drink, you. actually, it, it almost tastes healthy. I mean. It is healthy. It's not yeah. a lot of sugar in there. It's fruit. It's Pop yeah. your vitamins for the morning. Yeah, that's right. And then upstairs, right? we're doing a three-level tiki bar. So rooftop tiki bar. We're going to put some plastic palm trees to block Nick's view soon. So it'll be good. <laughs> Wait, which Nick? This Nick or that no, Nick? No, this Nick over here. <laughs> Nick Stefanelli with Alpacina. Right. Uh, so why why a tiki bar? Why tiki drinks? Why so, tiki? Them. Yeah, so I love rum, number one. And I had a... I mean, you better if you're yeah. making that much of it. So about... That's apparent to all of us, by the way, Todd. <laughs> about but. nine years ago, the next two cocktails were, we'll taste later on. I, we were, my wife and I were sitting at a bar in Kailua in Kona, 
and I was talking and we were just drinking and having fun and looking at the waves crash over and it you know it was an, it was a Don the Beachcomber bar in the Royal Hawaiian so it's a super fancy tiki bar and I said to her at that day you know I would love to do something like this and for me I'm a scuba diver so I wanted to do it somewhere with crystal clear blue waters but <coughs> you know me too yeah life calls and we have restaurants here we can't really leave so when this opportunity came at the wharf, I'm like, this would be a you perfect still have place. Water. It's not I do have a lot of water. Blue. In front it's of me. a yeah. lot of water. It's Maybe beautiful. not crystal, crystal clear blue, but there right. is water, a lot of water, and sunsets. <laughs> so it, it reminds me. me that's why the tiki bar came across rum, water, sunsets, rooftop bars. So that's cool. it. All right. Well, tiki. we're going to come back to you yeah. in a little bit. You start talking to Jamie. I'm going to go fix my cough. Okay. You go do that. Hi, Jamie. Hi. I'd rather talk to you without him anyway. So there you go. <laughs> I heard that. I was love talking to you. <laughs> So Jamie leads Hank's Oyster Bar and other Hank's properties around the D.C. metro area. Let's just give a little bit of a background. Like, how'd you, where'd you come from? How'd you get into it? Uh, you got to uh, talk in the mic. Wow, that's that's a lot. Uh, I know, but you can do it in that's a long time ago. Or less. Oh, I've been a, I've been a cook for uh, thirty years or so. So I started <laughs> cooking. I'm a self-taught chef, and um, always wanted to have my own restaurant. Coming up through the ranks, um, and I finally had the opportunity when I came to D.C. as a consultant to open a restaurant, and I saw the opportunity here in D.C. and the growth, and I opened Hank's Oyster Bar in DuPont Circle in 2005, mm-hmm. and um, since then, uh, now I have my fifth restaurant and a cocktail bar as well, Which and the latest amazing. is the one at the Wharf. Hank's so Oyster what was it Wharf. about the Wharf? Because how did they approach you? Well, they so the, the beauty of the of the whole concept, Monty Hoffman approached me. He's mm-hmm. the visionary of the wharf. Mm-hmm. And I really um, loved his ideas of not having chain restaurants there, inviting only local um, chef-driven restaurants to be a part of the project. Mm-hmm. And that really uh, excited me as well as being on the water. I've always wanted to have a restaurant on the water, mm-hmm. and this was my opportunity. And I was one of the first ones to uh, sign a lease, so I was able to pick my location. Were you at all skeptical? Because, you know, that part of the waterfront, I mean, again, South Southeast was already up and running, and it was beautiful and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Were there, was there any skepticism about whether or not more development down there could actually, you know, there was enough density of just bodies and interested people. No, I actually was all in. I was, I, I felt really confident about it. I knew there was going to be a lot more um, building going on, a lot more neighborhood uh, apartment buildings and condos. And they have a, you know, it's really, you don't think about it, but it is a neighborhood. I mean, you have the boat, you have the gangplank Mm-hmm. Community where people live on the boats. You have the Capital Yacht Club. There, you know, and then you have the 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 um, apartment buildings all around there. So there's there's really a lot of residential around there that wasn't being served before. Right. It was a food desert. Yeah. Really. Totally. But that whole area had been underdeveloped because prior to uh, the wharf's construction, it was. I mean, you had the um, seafood area where people used to go for fish, which right. is still there and has sort of been redesigned but really you just have these big huge 
I'm going to call them tourist traps, but I don't know, like, like Hogates was there and there was, I mean, there was, mm-hmm. some, it was not a nice area and right. people in the district didn't go there. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and so they just smashed down all of that. And what I think is really interesting about the wharf, and I'm wondering if this played into your going there was sort of the aesthetic that they knew they wanted to put together. Do you yeah, know what they I mean? Did, they did an incredible job. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful destination and it's not only about the, the restaurants. I mean, the whole idea is they have a lot of festivals you know they you know there's a lot of programming well you've got anthem down there you've got a lot of draws the anthem is down there which is incredible um a incredible draw and um you know we're starting to do a late night happy hour now to bring in you know the people after the show Mm -hmm. um and uh so you know and they have an ice rink now for the winter because you know the one concern of course being that it's on the water that it's on the water in the Mm -hmm. winter months you know we weren't sure what the winter months would bring that's got its own kind of sex appeal too i think you know bundle up and go down somewhere exactly you know, well they have the fire place. pits they have the hot <laughs> fire pits and we're on the pier we're on the pier where the end they have that giant fire pit and mm-hmm. then you know of course then we have our outdoor patio with heaters and, and stuff like that and we're gonna have blankets go to todd's get <laughs> schlonkered stop by your place well, have let's some talk clams. about the concept that you rolled out there so it was, it's Hank's Oyster Bar. So mm-hmm. it's the fourth uh, fourth Hank's Oyster Bar that I've opened. Um, but we're all very individual in our um, neighbor. You know, we're a neighborhood-driven restaurant group, and so we like to market to the community. Um, so you know, the the restaurants are very uh, different. They have the the middle of we call the middle of the menu is the same, but the the you know each restaurant has its own chef. We're a chef-driven um, restaurant, so. Down there, we have an incredible team. Chris Edwards is the chef, and um, he he runs a really – the food is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do riffs on Boardwalk because it's, you know, it's on the Boardwalk. You're on a so boardwalk. we do hush puppies, you know, seafood corn dogs, things like that, funnel cakes, you know, stuff like that. So we have fun with it. Mm-hmm. So the, the specials are all – I just gained 10 pounds. The, the specials are all created by the chefs in each individual restaurant. Okay, and what about your, well, you know, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about your cocktail program and sort of how you're going to be doing your own programming at the space moving forward. All right, we're back on Food and the Beast. David and Nikki Nellis, this is the first show of our 11th year on the air. Is that crazy? Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. We'll all be asked to contribute $5,000 each to the David M. Nellis burial fund pretty soon. And Uh, I think I was there. Yeah. You were there. Yeah, I was there. You were. You'll be there at the funeral, too. We're going to have a But you're going to be at our anniversary party on November 11th. That's right. We'll get into that. But I I do want to thank the the sponsors of the show who keep us on the air, Mm -hmm. our friends at... uh, Pro Fish and the Ivy City Smokehouse, the yep. market at River Falls in scenic downtown Potomac, <laughs> Maryland, uh, Central Farm Markets and Meat Crafters. If you're not a sponsor, shame on you. Look at look at all those faces. Nobody's <laughs> looking at me now. They're like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, Nellis. All right, Jamie, let's get back. I want to talk one thing. We we you got a lot of events planned. Yes. Your one year anniversary <laughs> at the wharf and all that. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about where your food comes from. You know, where do you source? Oh. All of this great stuff. She's because like, wait, what? Her what fried clams <laughs> are, 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 I mean, okay. they're something to behold. Yeah, there's nothing like a good belly clam, fried belly clam. That's why I got this belly. Sauce. belly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> anyway. I can't help it if it's prominent. That is not is it, my fault. It's not that prominent. We, no, you're, you're looking stout. good. You're I looking am. good, David. Thank Thanks, you, baby. Jamie. Yeah. Help me Thank out. Thank you, baby. All right. Yeah, so we have... 
you know, a lot of fish uh, vendors that we work directly with, we work very closely with our vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to buy local as much as we can. Um, you know, we also have a proprietary oysters that we work with our uh, oyster farmers. There going to be an oyster gauntlet s- thrown in the studio? Oh, <laughs> no, we're, we're all good. We, we sell Rappahannock oysters. Actually, the old salts are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also work with Warshore Oyster Company, and they have um, created an oyster for us called uh, the Salty Wolf, which is named after my father. My father's middle name was Wolf. And, of course, the restaurants, Hank. Are, are you going to name one after me Hanks. called the Old Fart or something like that? No. <laughs> I mean, first of all, that, it shows you how well he knows me because I don't speak like that at all. So that's so not happening. Um, so, yeah, so we, um, you know, we uh, have these oysters um, and, uh, you know, a variety of seafood. And the clams are a specialty that we do They are sell. awesomeness. Yeah. All right. So let's just hit lastly, like, what are some of the big things that you're looking forward to? So the the one year anniversary is very exciting for us, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know the fact that we've made it a year has been <laughs> pretty amazing. Um, couldn't have done it without the crew down there, and um, we have um, actually our official one year is on the twenty third. So mm-hmm. come out, we're going to be celebrating at the restaurant on the twenty third. Um, we have an incredible cocktail program there. You know, we have a walk-up bar, so you can drink outside and, and order from inside, um, which is a lot of fun. People enjoy that. Um, we have, um, let's see, what else do we have going on? Well, we have, what, the, the best thing about what's going on is that we have an app. Hanks okay. has an app. Okay. So, And what do you want us to do with said app? So you want to go to the app store and type in <laughs> Hanks Oyster Bar and download uh-huh. the app. Uh-huh. And then you can see everything that we're doing. Um, but we're having a late night. Like I said before, we have a late night happy hour down okay. there for people after the show. And, we're doing something um, after the Capital Food Fight. We're doing right? actually we're doing the after party for the Capital Food Fight, which is very exciting. Right, for because us. this the year it's at Anthem, so that makes all the sense. Yeah, in the world, so the, right? the the event the the event <laughs> the Capital Food Fight is at the Anthem that mm-hmm. that helps DC Central ki- promote you know sponsored by DC Central Kitchen, mm-hmm. and um, we're going to sponsor the after party there. He's shaking it up. Where's he going? He's going to shake it up. You can shake it up in here. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, HanksOysterBar.com. All right. And on the app. And the app. HanksOysterBar app. App, Todd, we need you back in here. Todd, come back in. Boy, what a show. Okay, shake it in here. What a crisply fine-tuned show. No, we like the noise. I like my shakers. We love them. So can we talk a little bit about, you know, we get people in here who are opening restaurants. And uh, what's it like to have to, to essentially put together a business plan and build a distillery from the ground up? What? Aside from it being hell on, on wheels, I'm sure. I have sure. no idea, man. No, no seriously. <laughs> well, you, just drink, you think I know what I'm doing at this point? You just drink your tiki drinks <laughs> and keep going? Um, so, you know, obviously my life has been booze for the last 20 years or so. That's pretty um, obvious. <laughs> thanks, David. Um, so I've always been interested in distilleries and going to places and learning about things and reading. So, honestly, the whole idea came about was... I was sitting in a bar in Wellington, New Zealand, and my friend. Wait a minute! You dropped Hawaii, New Zealand. I just feel like you're bragging a lot. I mean, (laughs) I mean, next weekend Nikki and I are going to be in Rochester, New York. That doesn't compete. (laughs) It it doesn't. No. He takes me to all the good places. So I was sitting in a bar in Wellington, and my friend Melanie Asher, who has a a pisco brand called Machu Pisco, Mm -hmm. I looked across the bar in Wellington, like how you know the other side of the world, Mm -hmm. and I saw her brand. 
on the back bar. And you're like, I want that. that that's what I was like. I could leave something, right? Because, you know, I have a son, leave mm -hmm. something for him. Mm -hmm. So that's how the whole idea came about. And then putting the business plan together, I pretty much just, you know, I've written business plans before, but not for a distillery. So right. start reading, putting together. And, you know, raising money I thought was going to be difficult. For, because we've all raised money here in this room for restaurants, which mm -hmm. is in this day and age is not the you easiest thing to do. You do it institutionally or through private individuals? Private individuals, yeah. And once I told them, yeah, yeah. they don't want to talk to us, especially me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just start talking to people and using people that would come in. And when I said we're doing a distillery, everyone got excited mm -hmm. because you know there's a bunch of restaurants on the wharf. There's sure. a bunch of restaurants in D.C. And I, I honestly, when I started putting this together, when Monty came to me and said, would you be interested in doing a distillery there? You know, my first thought was, I don't know what I'm doing. And that's still a fault of mine. I really don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But but don't we all fake it? We all, we all start off someplace, right? Mm -hmm. We all start off at a place where we have no idea what we're doing. And then we, we learn. That's comforting. Right. I yeah. still have no idea what I'm doing. So. I can tell. That's why your wife's going to give me your mic soon. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll be spitting in your drink. No way, right? Yeah, but he's serving the drink. I'm going to pass you. it back to him. Okay. Yeah, so I, I just started talking to people, and everyone thought it was a really great idea. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the more I thought about it, I started going places and, and talking to people that had distilleries. Mm -hmm. That's when it came to me. I'm like, this is really what I want to do. And. I want to try to do something different than just working in a restaurant day in and day out. All right. And Nick, thank you. Right, okay, well, no, tell us what, what you're you pouring now. Oh, so this was... What was all that noise about? Uh, <laughs> okay. Nick was touched me inappropriately over here. Not Nicky, Nick. Um, <laughs> it better not be Nicky. I don't care what Nick does. Who cares? Um, so this cocktail is called Dreaming of Crystal Clear Blue Waters. Mm -hmm. It is a Reposado tequila, uh, Thrasher's Pimento Dram, so rum-infused... Uh, pimento-infused rum. Okay. Uh, this classic tiki mix called Don's Mix, which is... Pimento-infused Yeah, allspice for pimento, allspice. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Delicious. And then um, uh, it's it's old tiki recipe called Don's Mix, which is grapefruit juice and cinnamon simple syrup and mm -hmm. lime juice. And that's it. Great. Dreaming of crystal clear blue waters. This cocktail came to me in that bar that night, so... Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, okay. oh was this New Zealand, Hawaii... Uh, Bali. Going? That was North Slawezy, actually. <laughs> it sounds like a Slawezy drink to me. All right, so let's talk to Nick Stefanelli, who Hi, has Nick. had some kind of career since graduating from the dearly departed yeah. Academy de Cuisine. Cheers. Salute. Cheers. So um, we can talk about Bibiana. We can talk about a lot of things. But Mazaria, which is your first ever restaurant from the ground up, Oh my is, God, this is a strong drink. Oh my God. It is, it's very good. Maybe you want to take a sip before uh, you talk about it. in the morning, get to it. But, and, and, and we're going to talk about the JP new place. JP finished his. New place in a second. But, but I mean, again, you you must have gone through some of what Todd's going through now, where you say, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to open up a restaurant, and then what, what do I do? How does it work? And now you've got a Michelin star. So talk a little bit about that journey. we got some Was time. there a question in there that was really I long? just... Which, what, are you like my editor? Back off, man. Okay. So talk about that a little, because that's what, you know, people think this happens by magic. Suddenly a re restaurant opens, and it's like, oh, okay. No, there's a lot of successes and failures, and you have to learn how to constantly pick yourself up and keep going at it every day. Um, but I had a really good foundation, and working for a Shook for five years really set me up 
and a good strong business sense when we opened Masseria up. And there was a lot of things that, that helped prepare me for so that we could focus on operations. But when you opened up Masseria, wasn't your original concept was this one? Correct. So, Say it again because I can't pronounce Ophicina. it. Ophicina. So I was working on Ophicina. Right? That was the, that was your original idea, Back in 2013. Idea, right? And Richie Brandenburg came to me with the space that Masseria is, so we just kind of put that on the back burner. And, and was Masseria more your idea, or were they like, we have this space, here's what we envision, we think you can execute it, or were you like, no, 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 I know how I want to do this? Well, Richie came to me and he's like, we have this space, we want to we would like to see a fine dining restaurant here. And I was mm -hmm. like, I love it. Let's do it. Okay. And he was like, do you have any questions? I was like, no, we're going to, we'll be a destination inside the city, which I think will give us some sort of separation for everybody. And we just mm -hmm. hope people would come out and make the trek to Northeast and cross over North which Capitol they Street. Do. And they do. And they love it. And it, the textures of the market and the space and everything just made it part of that whole beautiful experience of what it is. Right. So let's go through the what your original concept was and what office I can't say officina officina it's just not coming out of my mouth correctly. Accidenti alla Madonna. So originally it was on a slightly smaller scale than what it is now, but we had a butcher shop with an Italian specialty store, small pieces of gastronomy, but giving everybody the ability to buy the restaurant quality ingredients that we get our hands on and. Mm -hmm. Through a butcher shop, being able to come in and get not just your normal steaks and chickens, but you could get sweetbreads and foie gras and caviar and all the other beautiful things that people want to eat. Uh, well, you've got the nice thing about it, just in terms of geography, is you are, I mean, there's no, there's not another market anywhere near within 10 blocks of you, right? Uh, the closest store is about 10, 10 blocks away. What is that? A, is that a Safeway? I believe so. Uh, okay, so how do the levels <laughs> break out? Um Designing a restaurant, the space also helps to dictate where you're going. So we were a building was designed. We were conforming to how we can fit everything into the building. So on the first floor, because of where we are on the water plane, um, we have a four foot drop which separates the cafe and the market and gives us a natural break point. So the cafe is breakfast, lunch, and dinner all day: coffee, pastries, Italian street food. Sandwiches, what time do you open up in the morning? Eight a.m. So you get the go to work crowd. Yep. Um, and then when you walk down, then you're into the market, which is a butcher shop, retail grocery, wine shop, pastry, fresh bakery, prepared foods, Italian specialty, and small pieces of gastronomy. When you say small pieces of gastronomy, what does that like mean? Like caviar, truffles, foie okay. gras. So things, if you're wanting to cook at home, like a really beautiful, lavish dinner. Yeah, I always dinner, want to cook foie gras at home, like every night of the week. <laughs> I thought foie gras he was does. an insult. In, <laughs> wait, wait, I thought that was an insult in French, but apparently okay. not. Okay. <laughs> hey, foie gras you. But it's a hard, the, some of these ingredients are hard pieces to source they if are. you're not, if you don't know who to buy them from. Mm -hmm. So we have the ability to offer them at retail for whoever and wants And do you to have them. people, because you're not going to be able to guide everybody on how to use some of these products, like foie gras, et cetera. So are, is your staff trained to sort of educate people and be like, here's what you can do with this or pair this with that? How are you guiding 100%. people? hundred percent. And Dan O'Brien is running the whole cafe and market for us. He mm -hmm. came back, good friend of mine, and moved back down after he's moved away from D.C. You guys mm -hmm. will probably know him from Seasonal Pantry. And he's going to help head the charge for us on the first floor. Okay. Um, 
And then you move up, and there's this beautiful staircase and wine cellar that takes you into the Trattoria, which is our casual restaurant, a place that you could eat a bowl of pasta every day, have a glass of wine, but also because of the butcher shop component, we have bigger cuts of meat and things that you can share at the table. So it's time to move to the wharf. I'm all ready. Let's it's do more it. of a, it's a place to have a lot of fun in, and there's a great wine program behind it. Is that lunch and dinner? Uh, right now we're dinner only. We will be lunch and dinner once we're at full hours. Okay. All right, we're going to stop at the Trattoria, yeah. take a break, and mm-hmm. come back and hear the re- about the rest of it. The place is too big. <laughs> I can't fit it all into one segment, so we'll be right back. Yes? This is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in a minute. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Nick Stefanelli of Masaria and the new Officina down at the Officina. <laughs> Amici miei, uh, down at the wharf. So, on well, I can't help it if you don't speak Italian. I don't I mean, speak Italian. Todd, I noticed none of the cities you mentioned were in Italy. Clearly, your language challenge. It's okay. <laughs> Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> Fermati. Okay, va bene. All right. So on the second floor of this place, every show I have to book somebody who's Italian just so he can right, like so try out Italian words. Hey, come in, no. All right. So, so that's it. No, I have some other talents. Tell them about it. No, it's, wait, I'm sorry. This is a family show. I like. Our other show is not a family show. We'll no, talk no, about it No, no, when she tomorrow. spins like a propeller. It's unbelievable, really. All right, so. Can I have his mic tomorrow, though? Yes, no, absolutely. Can you Please, just let me get me? back to poor Nick Stefanelli? Oh, yeah, so he's poor, You've right? got an Amaro library there that sounds really cool. Tell wait, us about that. Wait, we haven't gotten up. We're moving well, up. Well, we're beyond the Trattoria now, aren't okay. we? So when we walk into the second floor, you walk through the Amaro library, which is our bar. There. That's dedicated to the whole category of Amari. And this has come wine. about through wine collecting. Yeah. And wine's a big passion of mine. And we started finding vintage bottles of Amaro as we were collecting. You're on air. Go ahead. No, I, I didn't nothing, say Nothing, nothing, nothing. No, I was, I was, I was sending and, an Italian message oh. to Todd. <laughs> and so with that, we started finding all these great things. So we have Montenegro dating back to 1930. We have Campari from the 50s. You can okay, do... so but for people who aren't familiar with Amaro, because it is, it, it's not a real, it's not a drink that everybody, or a spirit that everybody's familiar with. A lot can of people it? will have them in their cocktails. And not and realize And sometimes it. not realize it. Right. Um, but originally they were created as medicinal pieces. They were digestivi, right? To help with yeah. digestion and other ailments, and they're botanicals that are infused into a neutral spirit. Is it because they can be bitter that they're not sort of mainstream? Well, the bittering in it was what probably turns a lot of people off yeah. on it, as in a straight piece, but then it's also a beautiful piece, too, which is a lot of the things in Italy where it's the bitter sweetness of life that makes it so great. Oh, my God, you're a poet, too. <laughs> so, well, with your massive collection, are you suggesting that people... Sip it afterwards. Is it part of a cocktail program? How are you? So using you can it? come and just taste something straight out. You can uh-huh. do a comparative tasting of tasting something from, like current Averna from something that's from the 1950s, and see how something with age and history has changed. How the recipes have evolved. Uh-huh. This is also something that we're like Todd, right? We're learning how to do Play it with. as we're going along with it. Uh-huh. So it's always going to be a constant work in progress. Okay. Uh- and. What? Oh, sorry, I had another question, but go ahead. Um, go ahead. Well, I want to, you're doing, I mean, you, you're you not officially, officially open yet. You're still kind of in a, the soft stage, correct? Tomorrow. Tomorrow right, is the official day. But you're already planning stuff, like I was noticing what you're doing for Thanksgiving, which sounds really awesome. Wait, Especially but have we since, finished? Are we done? No, we're No, done. once we get out of the Trattoria, yeah. uh, we have an event space on the third floor that sits up to 60 people, and then we have a 
3,000 square foot terrazza that is inspired by the Roman rooftops. Cool. Um, That's that overlooks Todd. <laughs> That's where I'm putting the plastic palm trees. <laughs> oh, right. Wait, so are you guys right next to each We're other? We're right across from each other. Okay. Right. So I'm it's right in Dodd's in front of front. me and then Rappahannock's right there. So we're all kind of like oh my God. in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> this is like scary all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're in the cool kids. Now that Jamie's gone, we can say the cool kids. Yeah, but Jamie's still listening. <laughs> uh, hi, Jamie. So, so talk about that because that's really sort of your first big special offering, isn't it? For the Thanksgiving. Uh, no, we're actually doing a wine dinner with Michele Sata, uh, the 25th. Uh-huh. It'll be the first wine dinner that we're throwing. That'll Eventually, we're starting in January. We're going to be doing a regional wine dinner series that goes throughout the year. And if you need a great Christmas gift, you can buy a season ticket package. We're Jewish, but yeah, that, we thanks. Hanukkah gift. Hanukkah right? gift. <laughs> <laughs> If you need a great gift, how about that? Yeah, her okay. great her great gift is a trip to London. So that's okay. what's happening. Anyway, um, but so you'll have a lot of programming. Mm-hmm. But for people who are curious, because it is the first time that you're opening up a second entity, like where will you be? Where are you? Like, how do you decide your priorities? Um, I'm still trying to figure that one out. I bet. I'm trying to learn how to grow as a professional with mm-hmm. this. Opening a restaurant's always got a lot of nuances that have to get focused. So right now, a lot of my focus is at Ofushina. Mm-hmm. But eventually, I'll be back and forth between the two. Excellent. You'll be like a shook. And can you just tell us quickly? Not as good as him. He has his own tunnel system. You're going to have to catch up to that. I don't know how he gets around the city that Can you just tell us quickly some of the stuff you brought in today? So we brought some stuff from the Mercato that we're going to be opening up this week. Uh, the Sicilian brioche comes from our bakery. You can get it in the cafe itself. That looks uh, delicious. The gazzosa is a soda made with Amalfi mm-hmm. lemon, so it's a lemon soda. Baella pasta is a pasta out of Gragnano. Uh, Molino Bianco cookies, because I've had like a million people ask me to get these cookies because they can't find them find anywhere. Them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ferrarelli is the water that we are doing in the restaurants. It's naturally carbonated. It comes from Campania. Out is of it the- super minerally? It's slightly minerally, but the carbonation happens naturally when the water comes up from the aquifer system underneath of mm-hmm. uh, Mount Vesuvio. Uh, and then this Sicilian pistachio paste that comes from Bronte is literally, like, it makes Nutella look like... So is that what we should be spreading on the brioche? Because that's what I'm thinking. Or, okay. That's where my head's at. <laughs> or anywhere else you want to. Okay, very good. All right. Why, thank you, Nick. That's another idea. <laughs> David, you're staring down the brioche right now. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of what to do All with right. it. Um, Todd, come up to the mic. we got to go fast here. Okay. Fast. Shake. Shake, shake, shake. And what is this? you got a minute. What is, what's this in there? This is Searching for the Green Can. This is um, pineapples, winter spices, three types of rum, Thrasher's white rum, Thrasher's gold rum, Thrasher's spiced rum. Thrasher, Thrasher, Thrasher. Thrasher, Thrasher, Thrasher. All right. Well, while you're pouring that, we're going to talk to Travis. Oh, well, let's talk to Travis Croxton and JP about Rappahannock and all that. So, hi. Good morning. Hi, guys. Um, I, you know. JP's like, morning. You guys have been on so often. I don't know if we need to do the 411 on Rappahannock, but suffice it to say that you are the Oyster King. Is that fair to say? Uh, not when you look at our balance sheet, but otherwise, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Wah. I only have restaurants on the East Coast and the West Coast. Wah. Well, can we just give a quick, like, elevator speech? How did like, this all happen? How you started and how you've branched out, and then we'll talk about how you wound up at the wharf. Well, our um, company dates back to the 1890s, mm-hmm. uh, one of the oldest in the in the country, not the oldest. Um, it skipped a generation when our granddad passed away in 91. Mm-hmm. He had told my, my father and my uh, cousins, 
father to not get into the business, get actual jobs, go to college. So he did. So it skipped a generation. And then my cousin and I decided to resurrect it in 01. Mm-hmm. Did you still have the, the, the shoreline? The only thing the... we had were the leases, the uh-huh. um, the riverbed. We didn't have any equipment, property, Nothing. knowledge of how to do it, anything. So just a piece of paper and a dream. <clears throat> okay. So right. you started. We started. And honestly, let me jump in and say the uh, when we actually began this, there were maybe like a couple oyster farmers. Now there's a couple hundred. It was a dying industry. No, no, and, no. It's, it, there's been we, a huge change. And when we talked to the it's a tight-knit community, so when we actually like get together and talk, everyone says, oh, yeah, Hank's was the first place that put my oysters on the menu. So Jamie's actually been a huge influence for the resurgence of the mm-hmm. Chesapeake Bay Aqua Farming. Jamie's our hero. All right, so and that's a nice shout out to her. That's it's true because she was Thank the first you. oyster bar in the area yeah. that like sort of cha- it sort of started changing the culture. You knock on the door and she right. she'd actually put it on because at the time no one would actually put mm. Chesapeake oysters on their menu, and because they you know they were kind of non-existent or they were. So wild how did you money. go from having an oyster farm to having a restaurant? Well, if you guys would ever come see us at the Oyster Farm I just don't feel and like we've been invited, visit Marouar, I'm just saying. I just don't feel like we've uh, we been invited. When that limo pulls up out front <laughs> and the door opens, limo JP pops J- the door JP's open. JP's Honda. Just expect a Honda Accord <laughs> tomorrow morning Honda, in front of your that's heart. The <laughs> now we actually have a, an Airbnb down there called the Oyster Bed where you can stay overnight. We'll put you guys up. The no Oyster problem. Bed. Well done. That's so cute. I love that. Well done. So we wanted to open up a little tasting room overlooking the mm-hmm. farm and we just had this awesome property that we chanced upon and, and lucked out just it just then we added a grill then people came and it so, turned to an actual so was your first restaurant. restaurant out of there outside of there at union yeah, market Marwar. That, no that was the first Marwar. restaurant was Marwar. Oh. At the Oyster and then and then your second restaurant was union market right. yeah richie came to Marwar. we got him loaded and he said i want you guys for a union market <laughs> Right. I think that's how the I think that's the what Richie, Richie does, right? Yeah. This sounds like the Richie uh, story. I haven't heard from Richie. <laughs> I know. Well, Richie? Come on, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Union was second, and then we opened Richmond like three months after that. Right. And then... Um, but did the concepts the change in each location? Right? Everyone's different, yeah. Because you still have Brian yep. in Mosaic, right? Yep. And that concept is very different, too, mm-hmm. right? So you change all your concepts. Yeah. So but how? How, do, how, like, how are they tweaked? Well, it's uh, chef-driven, mm-hmm. uh, so the couple similarities, the raw bar is very similar. Obviously, it's the oysters that, that we farm, the Rappanics. We have two other farms, the, the Russian Bow. Over in Chingatick, we have the Old Salts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are able to offer up that, that medley of, uh, we call it marouar, oyster kind of take on the flavor of, of where they're grown. So sweet, salty, things like that. So why don't we've got about 90 seconds. JP, why don't you jump in? JP Sabatier is the general manager down at the wharf now, but he was, he was, I mean, mm. let's face it, Travis, he's the reason you were successful at Union Market. Yeah, I mean, at, least, at least that's what he's told us. You're, you're um, welcome. What's happening at the wharf that's different? Um, well, actually, to, to touch a well, we, our, our, our location at Union Market has just been, um, it, it was such a unique opportunity, and I feel like, um, to be able to work in a space like Union Market that is just like to be in the middle of a market that has a lot of like makers and small like producers and, and artisans and artisans and things mm-hmm. like that to be able to like serve guests and, and uh, food in that kind of space like to, to move over to the wharf and have like a brick and mortar and have something that just stands alone rather than be part of everything like part of other other businesses is going to be a lot of fun and we have a lot of great neighbors 
Uh, but I feel like we're going to still... Well, you have to say you have great neighbors because they're standing right next to you. <laughs> kind of. And they're also giving me alcohol right now. So I'm like, they're really I great I believe neighbors. I also saw the pocketing checks earlier. Wait, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about what this new project is going to look like. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a minute. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Again, many thanks to our wonderful sponsors, ProFish, the Ivy City Smokehouse, uh, Market at River Falls in Potomac, mm-hmm. Central Farm Markets, and Meat Crafters. Let's go back to Travis Croxton and J.P. Sabatier from Rappahannock. Let's so we talk were talking about, about the, the, the new space at the wharf. So as J.P. was saying, like you know, you have this, you had this little incubator concept at um, Union Market, mm-hmm. and while you have opened up other restaurants, not just on the Eastern Seaboard, but also on the West Coast as well, now you're going to do something pretty massive here. Um, I yeah. mean, it's big, right? It's actually, I feel like everybody's I mean, space, space at the wharf is big. We probably have the smallest space. We, of, we, of, okay. we don't have three levels like these guys, right. but uh, we've got uh, the inside's actually going to be super cozy. What's it like? 35 seats? 30 it's seats less, or so? It's 30 seats. Big okay. patio, which we're 90 kind of, seats at the patio. Yeah, so it's it, decent size. It's kind of like the place that we have at, at the river. Okay. We actually didn't have a lot of interest in opening up a second location. Mm-hmm. In but DC. They called us and they said, listen, there's a two mile project, and the only building that we're not actually tearing down. Is this 18th century oyster shed? Mm-hmm. It dates back to 1805 or so. Okay, cool. And so we're like that just fits what we do. Wouldn't okay. you be surprised to find out it was really a house of ill repute? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, I'll rock that. Todd, Todd can, can attest as they like dig in the yeah. foundations. There's stratifications of oyster shells like 50 everywhere. feet deep. That is very so, cool. So it's just just kind of natural. So, but let me just ask, and I mean, I I do kind of wish Jamie was here for this because. Would you consider your – I know your concepts are different, but you are both – there's just a lot of seafood concepts. Right. So how do you how well, do you structure this one so you stand out? For one thing, we're a mile apart. That's true. And um, We're sandwiching yeah. the wharf, yeah. essentially. <laughs> right. It's, it's, and just the for the record, my only complaint about the wharf is those cobblestones, man. I mean, for they did not think of women mm. at all when JP's they were building. on the paving committee, so he'll uh, I mean, he'll I hold him. <laughs> Where is my red carpet, darling? Mm-hmm. That's what I'd like to know. I so. But yeah, we. It's at home, sweetie. <laughs> you know, we focus on Mid Atlantic. We're going to do. Um, you, you can come in there with um, just a simple budget and get a burger and some oysters, or you could uh, get a whole fish and some caviar. So it's, it's whatever you want it to be. And mm-hmm. we just want right. uh, JP to just um, throw out the same kind of hospitality that we were known. That you're known for. Port Union right. Market. All right, I, I, I've got to ask, and I may not have the name of the dish right. Lamb and clams, is that it? Lamb yeah, and clams. Yeah, lamb. I was actually going to say earlier, like you were saying, like how is it that you have all these restaurants and what makes them different or what makes them similar or how do you tie them all together? And he was talking about, you know, we are a very chef-driven company. A lot of restaurants have different chefs. However, every single one of our restaurants has lambs and clams, and they're all iterations all right. from each individual Unsolicited chef. testimonial. I have a lot of favorite restaurants, and we eat in a lot of different places. That is one of the best. I love that dish. You talk about a comfort dish. I mean, I could take a bath in that stuff. It's so good. <laughs> well, And I have, okay. which <laughs> might little, account for the smell GMI. today in the studio. That's such a beautiful image. I love seeing <laughs> that in my <laughs> mind right now. <laughs> Thank you. Hear that um, Chef Autumn Klein is going to be over that restaurant also. So okay. She'll bring her talents and, and uniqueness to that concept. And, JP, what's the wine program like? Um, so because we are, as Travis was saying, it's a historic yeah. building, so we have very limited. 
Mm-hmm. We have, we have, yeah, the first story <laughs> is. <laughs> it's actually yeah, is an Italian it's a tiki it's Amaro a concept. Rock. It's really fun. It's really unique. Nobody <laughs> Very, else nobody's is doing heard this. of it. Yeah, there's <laughs> this thing called a trattoria. It's yeah. on the second story. <laughs> well, at least you can say it. <laughs> um, no, the wine program, I actually. Uh, because, as Travis was saying, we do have a historic space, so our spacing is a little bit limited. We're not going to have a super expansive or extent, like extent, extensive um, wine list. It's going to be kind of catered to, we're, as I always do with all of our all is the wine lists. it just for Amanda and I, like Rosé, Rosé, Rosé? No, we always want to make sure that we have things that will pair with our food, and we're also trying to cater to everybody. So, you know, people all, always just sit down at the bar, and they don't even look at the menu, and they're like, I'll have a glass of your Sauvignon Blanc. I'm like, did you even look? To see if I have a Sylvie. Right. All price ranges, too. So we'll have something for everyone's taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Right, and man. when do we think you guys will open? End of October. End of October. End of October. Maybe November 1st. My birthday's that, November that 3rd. That is the end of October. My, my birthday's November 3rd, so I think that that's Travis's present to me. Is right. I'm working. That you're working. A double. On, <laughs> a double on my birthday. All right. What's a double? <laughs> Todd Thrasher. Make us one. Talk about this last <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the last drink. That's uh, pretty awesome. Was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, searching for the green can. So yes. another uh, vacation thing, right? So my friend, we were in Hawaii in Kona, and he was like, you have to dive the green can. And we're like, what's the green can? He's like, well, it's a buoy that looks like a 50-gallon drum. He's like, you drop down to 110 feet to the bottom. There's going to be six Galapagos sharks there. As you come up, as you start your, your ascent up, you're going to run into Ted, who is the local tiger shark. You're going to see him. And then you'll probably hit some bottlenose dolphins. And then as you come up, it's going to be the best dive of your life. So my wife and I trekked across this lava field to get to this dive site, swam out about 150 yards, and it was kind of like a dusky dive, so we had our lights. So we dropped down, six Galapagos sharks. We start swimming up. There's Ted, the 16-foot tiger shark that's missing a piece out of his dorsal fin. I feel like we're all living wrong. And I know, I know. But we, we, we come up, and we see, like, a pod of, like, six bottlenose dolphins swimming by. And so that, for me, is always, like, that's kind of like searching for utopia, right? Searching for the green Okay, can. can I just so say something? That's what the cocktail's name is. I, 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 yeah, I love you. But when you call a tiger shark, a 16-foot tiger shark, Ted, Ted. it kind of humanizes it beyond where it <laughs> <Yeah>. should be. <laughs> Ted the tiger. Tiger sharks eat <laughs> people? It. No, not scuba divers. They only eat surfers. No, they eat scuba surfers. Scuba divers have this big metal wait, thing on their back. They, they don't eat the, the turtles, and they like, yeah. 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 Hi, Ted. Okay, so. Can I want to say one thing about our quadrant of the wharf also? Please. I think our quadrant of the wharf is the realist of what D.C. is really looking for, too, because it is the oldest operating fish market in the United States. Right. right? And it has sort of that grit down there. Any, that Any market. Any market, any right? Market. So it has sort of that grit down there where, you know, when I was a kid, my dad used to drive taxi cabs, and we'd go down there and get, and get stuff. Mm-hmm. And I always remember the smell as being not good. Yeah, fishy. And fishy. But, like, if you go there now, it but it's smells. fresh. No, it's different. It's way different, and it yep. smells like... The Chesapeake to me, it smells sure. great. Smells and like think, the ocean. You know, the rest of the wharf's great. Jamie's great, but I think where we are is really where yeah, people. Yeah, I heard a butt there. To. Jamie's huh? great, but I mean, but, yeah. I think yeah. the area where we are is kind of like really what the fish market's about. And I think Hoffman, what they did with that area is is super. Well, I think it's, what's interesting is that it does have several different phases, and yeah. it does appeal to a wide variety of people. You know, because we've only mentioned a handful of restaurants here. There's a ton of other restaurants that are restaurants, at right. the wharf. And then you have multiple music sources. There's retail and hotels. I mean, 
it is over a mile of yeah. property, and it was a real vision. It is a real vision. I mean, for me, like when I was a kid, I used to go to 930 Club on 930 F Street, right? Mm -hmm. That's where I would go. And then when 930 moved to V Street, I'd never really go because it's geographically challenged for me to get the Falls Church there. But now with the anthem right there, right. I've gone to like 10 shows in That's a year. That's amazing. Yeah, oh, between trips to Wellington, New Zealand, and, 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 and Hawaii. And Hawaii. I, seven I don't want to hear about your seven. That kid either. is going to grow up. He's never going to see your face because you're traveling all <laughs> no, the time. No, I'm going to take him with me. With he happens that. to be a handsome kid. He's a beautiful kid. All he right. looks just like him. I'm going to take over the show now yes. because we've got. I want to make sure everybody knows. Uh, this show's been on the air now 10 years and one week. Mm -hmm. We're having our official celebration on November the 11th. Uh, from It's a two-hour special live show. November the 11th from 11 to 1 at Blue Jacket. Our friends at Neighborhood Restaurant Group are celebrating Blue Jacket's the fifth anniversary mm -hmm. that day. And they have kindly invited us in to uh, precede their celebration, which will start at 1. We start at 11. We're going to have lots of food and fun and, and guests. I do want to thank the sponsors. It's a nice long list. Uh, our friends, of course, at NRG, Neighborhood Restaurant Group, Jamie Leeds, mm -hmm. uh, the Knightsbridge Group, which is Ashok Bajaj, uh, Robert Wiedemeyer's Restaurant Group, Three Stars Brewery, The Pro Fish, Tony and Joe's, Ivy City Smokehouse, Nick's Guys, uh, The Market at River Falls. A different Nick, not this Nick. Different Nick, <laughs> but you can get on board, pal. I'm He's taking, like, I'm opening I'm, up a restaurant. I, I, you think you're going to get out of here without being shaken down? You're crazy. <laughs> uh, the Passion Fish Restaurant Group, uh, Chico, that's uh, Danny Lee and uh, Scott Druneau. Mm -hmm. And uh, Greg Nivens of Trigger Agency uh, are all sponsoring the show. It's not too late to sponsor. And uh, we are really going to have a hoot because um, it's, uh, I, I, there aren't that many shows that last two years, let alone ten. And I think it's just a tribute to my incredible talent. Um, <laughs> That we're, that we're here, don't you think? Well, we're very excited don't. about the show, and we're also very excited. We have a second show that uh, is live from the Lion Hotel. Todd Thrasher is our sometimes spirited advisor That's there. Industry Night. I'll be there it's called tomorrow. Industry Night. And tomorrow we have Mikey Friedman coming in studio. We're talking about New Jersey Italian dining. Well, Italian and Jew, the nexus of Italian and Jewish cuisine, which mm -hmm. would be... It's going to be a lot of fun. So Pasta fagioli on uh, a bagel. <laughs> right, something. There you yes, go. Exactly. <laughs> something see, like Carol. that. That I understand. All right. So we want to thank all of our guests for joining us in studio today. This, this was fun. a really fun show, and it's so nice to celebrate all of our really good friends and their success. So we want to thank them and wish them all good luck with their new entities. And we want to thank you all for joining us today. We are off air next week, but we'll be back with a great show the following week. Please have a delicious week.